Hello, friends, and happy Friday. We are back to have a fun conversation to forget about our other troubles and other things going on, just talk about fun mm -hmm. stuff. So uh, today I have a couple of friends, so I'll let them introduce themselves, and we'll go from there. Uh, Yulene, you want to kick us off? Hi, everyone. Uh, I am Yulene. I uh, am a fellow booktuber. I also have a small booktube channel, Yulene Reads. I like to read a lot of fantasy, mostly, even though I'm in a little bit of a reading slump right now. And yeah, I just thank you, Steve, for always inviting me. It's, it's just a fun time to connect with the community a little bit more. Yeah. Hi, I'm Joanna, and I also like to read a lot of fantasy and some other genres as well, but mostly fantasy. Um, excited to chat again. Yeah. So, Yulene, you're in a reading slump. How do you how do you get out of reading slumps? Well, I just decided to read something completely different than what I was reading, because I call it a reading slump just because everybody knows what that is. But my problem was that I was just very busy with other stuff. And then when I was reading very big books like Memories of Ice, Malazan, Stephen Erickson, and then Kashil's Chosen, which is also pretty dense with a lot of political intrigue, it was just too much and I couldn't really keep track. I couldn't really give it the time that it deserved. So I decided to just switch it up and read a fairy tale. And this is something that I have enough brain space for at the moment. And that helps so far. Yeah. What about you, Johanna? How do you get over? Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Introduce yourself. I'm sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was getting ahead of myself. No, yeah. So how, how do you get out of reading slumps? That's a really interesting question. And so, Yolene, I know you're in doctoral school. And I know that is hard <laughs> because you have to read a lot of, obviously, you have to read a lot of research and you have mm -hmm. to write your own research. And so, uh, oh, Ohio, is that the right word to say? <laughs> Yes, good morning. Sorry, guys, I'm a few minutes late. Okay. One of these mornings, I'll get up on time. It was not this morning. No problem. So, <laughs> so sorry, I interrupted. What was, what was going on? Oh, no, we were just talking about reading slumps. And so I was ah. with, uh, Yolene was telling us that she's in a little bit of a reading slump. She's in doctoral school, so she's having to publish papers and obviously read a lot of research. And um, at the same time, she's reading Laws and Book of the Fallen and the R. Scott Baker series. And so a lot of dense fantasy. And so I guess what you were saying, Yolene, is reading a fairy tale, something lighter, or just switching up the type of fantasy at least was probably your way out. Yeah, I think changing it up might be good. You know, in that case, it's easier said than done, of course. A reading slump can have so many, you know, so many factors that lead to it. Sometimes, honestly, just taking a break from reading, <laughs> believe it or yeah. not, does work. <laughs> so I'm sorry to hear you're in the middle of a slump, though. I hate when I feel slumpy. Yeah. Yeah, there are just so many amazing books that I almost feel bad when I can't get to them. And I, I want to participate mm -hmm. in all the read-alongs because I love these discussions. <laughs> but then it's it gets busy at times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, the fear of missing out is absolutely real, especially when you make content about it, because you feel like, oh, no, if I miss all of my friends reading this, then when am I going to make content about it? You know, that, that pressure is also there. It's a, it's a good pressure, I guess. Like, no one means for it to, to put you in a slumpy mood, but there's always something happening, mm -hmm. I think, you know, so... Yeah, I decided actually this year to take a break from readathons 
completely yeah. until uh, the Indie Accords next month, <laughs> Team Dark Knights. But until <laughs> until that, I was like, I'm just not going to touch readathons this year because there was like 15 every month and it felt overwhelming mm -hmm. to me. So I took a step back from that personally. So yeah. I've decided I'm totally done with readathons. As if they're the type of readathon where they're competitive, I might consider the kind that are non-competitive, but I know that every time I've done a competitive readathon, I've only been in two competitive readathons, but both times I was in a major reading slump the next month. Um, I always keep reading, which I know is not the best advice because I'm somebody who I've been through like years and years of reading slumps before. And so for me, I feel like I have to keep reading every day a little bit, but I might scale it back a lot. Mm -hmm. And, and different Alicia, numbers do help. Alicia uh, commented, I reread a favorite to get out of a slump. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a good technique too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel honestly, personally, I should reread more. Like I've stopped doing that in the recent years because I, I have so much pressure. That's another thing with like readathons and stuff. I feel like I have to read the next book. I haven't mm -hmm. reread a book in probably over two years now, which is insane. <laughs> like I used to be much more of a rereader. So. Yeah, it's, it's been a while for me as well. And I think that a part of it is also that we're on BookTube. I don't even know if anybody outside of BookTube knows about reading slumps because you just read when you want to read. And if you don't want to read, you don't read for a month and that's fine. But we're no longer on our own island. It's like we're connected with everybody. So we see what everybody else is reading. And it's even if it's not a real competition, sometimes it feels like that. Like they're reading so much. They're reading all of these amazing books. And I want to jump on that bandwagon a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like I I've seen kind of some different conversations regarding reading slumps on booktube and i've seen this idea that like if you're in a reading slump then um the idea is that you want to build momentum to get through as many, the end the end of books as quickly as possible to keep this momentum going there's this whole momentum idea and for me what i've been noticing about myself and everybody's different but i've noticed that more reading does not necessarily make me feel more motivated to read. Like if I read a bunch of books, I actually feel like I need to like stop, slow down my pace of reading. Then if I read fewer books, it actually motivates me to keep going more. And that's so opposite of what our booktube culture, I feel like kind of promotes. It's like, get more of run, read as much as possible. There's been, <laughs> there's been times when, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to finish our books on time or whatever. And then you, you finish the book and you're like, I forgot what happened. <laughs> you just, it mm. doesn't doesn't sink in. Uh, mm -hmm. Hannah Blackwell has a comment and Hannah just started a, a booktube channel. So everyone mm -hmm. go check that out. Oh, uh, well, she commented, yeah, not for everyone, but I'd love to read fantasy romance smut when I'm slumping. That's the ticket. <laughs> that's, that's a really good choice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, something that reads quicker is always a nice, mm -hmm. nice uh, technique to use. There was something I wanted to say based on what Joanna just said, and it just literally is gone. <laughs> it'll come, it'll come back, I'm sure. Oh, reading speed. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So uh, I'm having a really interesting time being a Spiffbo judge this year, because, you know, every team handles the way that they do reviews differently within the team. So for before we go blog, we're doing individual reviews 
for all of the books and deciding whether they're going to move on to like the next step or not and publishing those as we go along. Some teams don't publish their reviews yet and then announce everything all at once, but we're doing them as we go along. So it's interesting seeing other people's pace, <laughs> mm. uh, you know, how quickly they're, they're getting through their first couple. Uh, so that, that's been, yeah, I realized I'm not as fast of a reader as I thought <laughs> because what other people can get through is incredible. And I mean that in the best way possible, mm -hmm. you know, like I just so much respect for people who can, who can get through their, their books that quickly. So it's been an interesting experiment for me. Mm -hmm. being a judge this year and balancing that with what I want to read personally this month. Uh, I have a couple books that are on my DVR every month. If you, if you watch my channel, you probably know what those are. <laughs> They're going to be there again next month. Spoiler alert, <laughs> because I'm not getting to them. <laughs> so um, pretty infamous one is Moby Dick on my channel. I have been trying to read that a little bit every month. For the last couple months, it's not happening. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's a heavy duty book too. Yeah. So I have a TBR jar that has all of my physical books in it. And the first month I pulled Moby Dick and uh, the short collected stories of William Faulkner. And I was like, really? All of this fantasy, all of this. And <laughs> this is what I pick in January. So wow. I'm still working on those. Yeah. 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 I'm super jealous of people who are fast readers. I, mm -hmm. I always talk about that here on Steve's channel. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. my, my slow reading speed always seems to be a topic, but it's true. I am so slow and I wish I could read fast, faster. Definitely I, I, still I, wish I had. I, I can relate. I'm, I'm a, a slow thing. I'm on, on the, probably on the, I've never taken a test or anything, but I think I'm probably on the slower side. So I try to a lot more time to read and I try to just allow myself more time to, so I don't feel like, I have an hour, I have to get through X amount of pages. I just say, okay, I'm going to, what I get through is what I get through. If it's more or less or whatever, it's fine. I'll just, I'll just go with whatever happens. But mm -hmm. I think uh, short story collections and novellas really help me. Whatever I'm feeling slumpy is to, it, you get that satisfaction of, I just, you know, read this novella in one setting, like Death Rider, uh, Taylor, Taylor and I and the Avengers just uh, talked about that one on her channel. And uh, it was, it was a, like a one sitting great story and you get, the fulfillment of finishing the story and then you feel good about well, like you kind of get some momentum going you get that runner's high and you feel like you can just like keep going like Forrest Gump kind of thing you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I had the same experience I read that in one sitting and I was like so I'm a reading god now you know that's how I felt when I finished it in one setting because it's it's been a while since I've done that that's also something I've noticed too on that topic a difference between when I was younger and now I'm sure it comes with the level of responsibility that I have and things that I have to do, but sitting down and binge reading a series or something like that, I haven't done that in a really long time because mm -hmm. I used to sit down and read even two books, you know, at once. Now, granted, it was a different type of book, I'm sure, but I would just disappear into the world for a, a, a weekend or whatever. I, I haven't been able to do that in years. Yeah. Have you guys binged series at all in recent years? No. I feel like BookTube has really changed that for me too. And last mm. year I was reading Moaz and Book of the Fallen and I realized I just couldn't, I had to just prioritize it because I was in too many series and I really felt like it was, um, it was important for me to get through the series to prioritize that. So I did read the last three books back to back, I think. 
Um, but that's very unusual for me in recent years. And that paid off for me in that series. But then there are other series where I just feel like I don't, I don't know why some, I feel like some kind of block with doing that. Like the Dark Tower series. I, I've been really enjoying the Dark Tower series, but for some reason, I have some block with <laughs> wanting to continue and finish that series. And I don't, I don't know what it is because I really enjoyed like the last book. But yeah, it's really strange because I, I don't think that ever occurred to me before I discovered BookTube. The, like beforehand, I would always read through an entire series. I would never question mm -hmm. stopping in the middle of a series or something. And then once I discovered BookTube, I noticed a lot of people were, you know, putting books between books and series, and it just never occurred to me you could do that. And I think <laughs> I started doing that, and now um, I'm stuck in the middle of a bunch of series. <laughs> I can relate, yes. <laughs> but it's, it's I think, funny, yeah. Because I, I, I was going to say, Yolene, you have a video about that, right? About yes. being in the middle of series, yeah. <laughs> and it's... It's stressful at times, <laughs> but it's actually funny because when when I first started watching BookTube, I had I, I also didn't realize that you could do that, but it also didn't really seem smart to me. I was thinking, why, why are all these people like starting a bunch of series and not just reading one, finishing one and then continuing? That's like the, the smart thing to do. And now, two years <laughs> later, I'm doing the exact Here we same are. thing. So. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do feel like, I don't know, it really depends on the series again. But I do feel like, I know last year when I did that with Moths and Book of the Fall, and then this year I did kind of put more series back to back. Like I did the Winter Night Trilogy within a month and that felt so good. So I feel like, I don't know, I think I enjoy series more when I um, read them within a shorter period of time. Hmm. Yeah, me too. What's uh, interesting, I think, go ahead, Steve. Oh no, I was just gonna read this uh, comment by Chris. He said, most of my slump periods come, came from a general lack of energy due to work or life, quitting would, quitting work would work. Totally, uh, yes. For, yeah, I, for I getting out of funk. Yeah. I can relate. Go for that. it. Go for it. Let us know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what I was going to say is also on the note of finishing series, making content has really changed that as well because you feel like if you're just reading a bunch of sequels in one month, then if the people watching your channel haven't read the rest of the books or the first book or you know how are they going to engage with your content if you're only talking about sequels to a series other people might not have read mm -hmm. because then you know it's full of spoilers and you don't want to do that you know so that that's really affected i think that as well yeah i think that's hard when you have a longer series too um, and I felt that because I was a new channel last year and I was reading Malaz and Book of the Fallen and I'm like on book seven, eight, nine, <laughs> um, you know, but fortunately there was a fandom there. So I guess that's kind of the nice side is that there are some fandoms of series that can follow along. But but yeah, that could be a real challenge for engagement. You know, the well, let me read uh, Nathaniel's comment really quick. Uh, don't worry about lack, lacking motivation for recreational reading. There is always another hobby to rotate into paint some minis, play board games, go to music jams, go out for it, yeah. go out to sketch. Uh, so I, I did want to just mention, cause I mentioned this in my update last week, but the Malazan community has been really great. I think, uh, they've been really supportive and they're like, they, they've been cheering us on. So shout out to them because they've been really, really supportive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, really good. I agree. I was so happy you said that. I noticed you said that in your last video mm -hmm. and I, I definitely had that experience as well. I'm, 
I didn't have a single problem with anybody in the fandom when I was mm -hmm. reading through the series. That's great to hear because, you know, it, a lot of, including me, there's like this nebulous idea or view of that fandom as being very gatekeepy. So I'm glad to hear from, mm -hmm. you know, personal experience that it's not exactly what people probably imagine it to be. That's, yeah. That's good yeah. It really surprised me personally. Yeah. I'm, I, I know some people have had negative experiences and I can only speak for myself, but yeah, I've, I've only encountered very supportive, kind people in that community. Mm. And they, they like they uh, they're almost like pull you along for the ride. Like they they try to help you as you go, and they don't spoil anything. That's another great thing is they, no one's yeah. at least, and I'm sure there's a few knuckleheads out there, but all the people I've interacted with have been really great. So shout out. To yeah, because you can be spoiled for those books. There are some big things that happen. Yeah. I haven't heard the word knucklehead in a minute. That just made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be trying to be nice. <laughs> Uh, while I was reading, I'm sorry, I missed that last comment JR said. Oh. Uh, he said, uh, while I was reading the last book of The Dark Tower, oh, yeah, they just finished The Dark Tower, followed oh. by Malazan, his brain hurt. Yeah, those are yeah. some big books. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Planet uh, 628 says auto audiobooks are great for rereads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good book. Mm -hmm. I actually reread um, the Stormlight Archive in preparation for when Rhythm of War came out. I reread that via audio. Uh, and I read it physically the first time, and it was a whole new experience doing the audio. They're read by Michael Kramer, so yeah. you know, fantastic audiobook narrator. He doesn't really need my help; he's one of the top people out there. <laughs> but uh, it was a really good way to experience it a second time around. Yeah, mm -hmm. really good stuff. And I, I have noticed too uh, recently that I've I've been enjoying. I wanted to ask all of you what you thought about this. Is I've really been enjoying almost everything I've been reading. And I wondered if it's because I'm being smarter about what I decide to read or if I'm less picky somehow or something. So I wondered <laughs> if, if you had ever, if any of you have, have ever experienced that where you, it's kind of hit and miss and then you just hit a, a period of time where it's just, you just enjoy every, you don't love everything, but you enjoy everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, but I think that part of it is for me at least that I know what I like and I don't take risks or I almost <laughs> don't take risks um, just because I, there are so many books that I am 90% sure that I will love. So I'm not going to pick one up that I think I might hate or even dislike, like even a three out of five stars. I'm not really wanting to have a three out of five stars. I want to have four or five star reads. So I think that I just know better what I like. The only times that I have like a hit or miss is when it's a new release and you don't really know a lot about it, but you still want to give it a try. But usually I know who the people are that I can trust and they post a review and they tell me that they like it or not, I usually listen to them. Yeah. Who are some people you go to for those uh, reviews, Eileen, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, well, you, all of you, actually. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Chris is uh, somebody that I always listen to, uh, Chris Bookish Cauldron. And he, the other day, I think on Twitter, he asked for some recommendations and I just couldn't share any, I, I wanted to help him, but all of the books that I have been reading were because of him. So I was like, I, I think that you've read everything that I've read and liked, but he's somebody who's read so many fantasy books and also the older releases, like older before 2000s that you don't really hear a lot about on booktube. So I really appreciate when he shines some light onto them. And he was just commenting on Twitter the other day about how much he loves, he's rereading A Song of Ice and Fire and was just gushing and gushing about it. And I got so excited about next year. Yeah. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, 
Uh, Violine and I are going to be rereading A Song of Ice and Fire starting in January. If anybody wants to join us, Steve is going <laughs> to join us. Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> so you're all welcome if you want to. It's a great yeah. series. It's amazing. Yeah. Have you read it before, Taylor? No, no. It was one of those things where it was on the one day list. And then, you know, the show burned us all. And I, so I was like, I'm just not going to, I'm not in the right headspace to enjoy this for what it is, you know, is, mm -hmm. is where I was uh, maybe last year. And then this year, I kind of in the same vein of uh, staying away from readathons, I decided this year I wasn't going to read some of the big series, you know, so um, I decided I wasn't going to take, take on Song of Ice and Fire or Malazan or anything this year, but I don't know. I might be open next year. We'll see. We'll see where I am in January. Yeah, you know, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. And I see Darius in the chat. I, ah, I'm still finishing up Farseer right now. I'm taking forever mm -hmm. reading Assassin's Quest for a lot of reasons, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to resist the temptation to start live ship traders this year. I, I think I might have to continue. Um, Robin Hobb is just so amazing. So, hmm. yeah, I um, yeah, I haven't read Assassin's Quest yet either, but that's that's the book I'm on as well. Um, oh, cool! And that series. So, Robin Hobb is interesting for me because her writing is beautiful. Her prose is beautiful. Yeah. And I always enjoy her stories after, but during it feels like a slog for me. And I don't know how to describe that. Like I enjoy her writing. I enjoy the characters, but while I'm reading it, I feel like, oh my God, how many pages do I have left? But then I finish the book and I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed that. So I don't really know how <laughs> to categorize how Robin Hobb makes me feel <laughs> as an author. Yeah. There's so many conflicting emotions there. So, oh, hi, Epic. Epic. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't picked up Assassin's Quest yet because I think I've got a mental block there where I feel like it's going to be a slog, even mm -hmm. though I think I'm going to like it in the end. <laughs> yeah, so, they're definitely slow, slow books, and I, I mean, I think like especially Assassin's Quest, I'm really loving it. There have been times I've audibly gasped so many times, um, but for me, it's felt very, very, very slow, and. That, I hate, I hate to say that because I don't want to discourage you or anybody, but at the same time, I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, what Jerry said yeah. there. I, but I, I think like for me to say that is something because I am the worst when it comes to assessing pace in books. I'll read, I'll constantly read, read books and think, Oh, that was pretty fast paced. And everybody's like, that was really slow. I'm like, oh wow. I just like have no concept of reading pace because I I don't know. I'm a slow reader. I visualize, I don't think of things as being slow like everybody else, but I do think of Robin Hobbs books. I do mm -hmm. think of these books as being a bit of a slow burn, especially Assassin's Quest so far. Um, that's not a bad thing. I'm still engaged, but it does I could see how that is not gonna work for everyone for that reason, mm -hmm. for sure. And I could definitely see what you're saying, in other words. Yeah, well, I appreciate that because I can't articulate it well. So I don't know how you understood what I was saying, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, and I, I think the thing with the slow, and it depends too, because I, I don't know, for me, slow, uh, especially with Robin Hobb, slow is not necessarily bad. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's not boring. Mm -hmm. 
It's just, mm-hmm. uh, but it's slow. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, to yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to look it's at it. Mm-hmm. Engaged in the story, but it's still perceived as kind of being like a gentle river being carried along. That's how I describe it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good uh, visual. John, uh, Epic had a question for you. Do you read faster when you are enjoying a book, or do you intentionally read slower? Oh, I. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm reading fast and then I check the clock afterwards and thought, oh, wow, I've only read 20 pages. <laughs> it's been an hour. No, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I think I probably read more. Like I'll, I'll find more time maybe during the day to read if I'm really enjoying a book. I know I've, I've had a real struggle the last couple of weeks because um, I talked about this in a recent video. I just got my prescription renewed on my glasses because I realized I was way overdue and this is a really strong prescription compared to what I was having before and I needed it because I was having a lot of problems like um, neck strain and vertigo and things like that and I don't have those issues anymore so I think the glasses are helping in that regard but I have noticed that it slowed down my reading pace like Mm -hmm. adjusting maybe to the glasses so um they've been a big adjustment they've been a big big adjustment and apparently it's supposed to take weeks for my eyes to adjust so i've noticed that that's impaired me um so i don't know so various things can impair i think how much i read and time and the amount of time i have in the day what other things are going on um if i'm doing other hobbies i've been playing a video game with my husband lately so i've been taking up some of my reading time with that uh so it just depends and uh, is it headaches or are you getting uh, like eye strain or I wondered if ebooks or paperbacks would maybe help with that, with that transition? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Conan is great, by the way, for a reading slump because they're very short and they're amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I haven't gotten headaches, but I was noticing that like my vision was just not good. Like it was very blurry all the time. And um, as far as it's weird because I do have problems with my neck that that are unrelated, I think, to my eyes because I had a car accident a few years ago. And so every now and then I'll accidentally like move my head or something too fast or something or I'll sleep in a weird position and I'll get a neck strain, just like a minor minor, um, soft tissue tear. And so I'll have like a stiff neck (laughs) for a few days. It's awful. And I noticed I and uh, accompanied with that, unfortunately. I've gotten some mild dizziness. So I know it's weird, but the two seem to go together. But what was interesting is that when I went to the optometrist last time, they did realize that my eye, my my stigmatism has grown and that my eyes were working way too hard at a short distance. And so what they did was they gave me these like Prisma lens things or something. And apparently one of the things that they are clinically studied to help improve is uh, neck strain. And the second thing there's clinically studied to improve is dizziness. And I was having both of those symptoms before getting these new lenses. And that was really weird because I got the new lenses and I haven't had any issues. So that's really interesting. But at the same time, like I said, they still have been an adjustment for my eyes to adjust to. So I I think my eyes are really focusing a lot harder than they need to. And uh, I've noticed my slowing, my reading <laughs> slow down and it's a little harder for me to read in longer intervals lately. But 
I do read, I have been reading on my iPad, which I know is probably not best for your eyes either, but I do notice that I do like using my iPad right now because I don't want to pay $200 for an e-reader right now. And the nice thing about reading with the Kindle app is you can make the font a lot bigger. And that helps me a lot personally right now. Sorry, that's a long <laughs> uh, uh, It's okay. Uh, I wondered if, if, uh, if the next train is because you, uh, you were unintentionally or just not noticing that you adjust your, your head position. Totally. To yeah. Uh, it could be, it could be like moving my head out of line for sure. Yeah. Interesting. I, am, I, never... I think that could be it. Well, and the other thing too, is I was noticing, um, with the dizziness too, the dizziness, I was noticing that like, I, sometimes it would happen in the middle of the night. I'd even have my eyes closed and I'd always notice my eyes twitching. And then suddenly I get a little bit of like dizziness and just a little bit and then it calmed down. Hmm. And so, I was noticing it was connected to my eyes and your eye muscles, by the way, are connected to neck muscles. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Mm, so, so it's all interconnected. Our bodies are mm -hmm. so interconnected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As someone else who's blind as a bat and has astigmatism, you know, I, I feel you, I feel you. Like I can't, whenever I get an upgrade on my glasses, I'm like, oh, a whole new world i can look at that look at that beautiful sign that i can see you know every single time so yeah and that's the other thing with reading speed is if i try to move, read fast i try to move my eyes fast it just tires me out too so i don't i don't know mm. how people i don't know how to speed read <laughs> like i really don't know how to do it i just have to accept mm. i'm a slow reader for that reason I, I can speed read but i have no idea what i read non-fiction I can do it nonfiction for some reason. Like, I guess I can get the basic concepts pretty fast, like an article or something, yeah. but not with a story. It's different. Yeah. The book that recently gave me, though, that speed read feeling for the first time in a long time was Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Mm -hmm. So I recently read that and I, I hadn't felt those binge feelings in a long time to the point where I was like, I need the audiobook because I can't physically read right now and I need to continue the story. So I actually ended up doing like a both versions uh, of reading that book. But that was a speed read for me. Yeah. I would just blow through that one. But I think it's it reads quicker. I'm not sure if it's because I've been reading a lot of more dense adult fantasy and Daughter of the Moon Goddess is more YA based. I think it's a YA, right? I think sure. it's officially adult, but the author oh, okay. has said that it has like some cross, that I it can be read by both audiences. I just audiences. don't see how that's considered adult. I read that and I was like, yeah. what? This is so YA to me, but. <laughs> yeah, but it read real quick yeah. for me. So. And I, I loved it. So it's uh, it's interesting you say that because I read uh, The Archer's Thread by uh, Noel Zamat. It's like a thriller, like a science fiction thriller. And I blew through it because there was no world to set up. I knew what the world was. It's our world. So all of that extra stuff was gone. It was just, it was like watching a movie. It was so fast. I didn't, it's really, it surprised me how fast I went through that one. So, yeah, that's interesting. I just put out a video yesterday about if you're able, can you visualize, do you visualize what you read? I think is what I called that video. So I just, just watched mentioned, it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, so I have learned a lot <laughs> since posting that video. I just realized like after posting the video, I've realized, um, wow, I have a lot to learn about this subject. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more here than I realized. Um, 
but I didn't realize, because I did that video because I've always been somebody who visualizes what I read. And that was something really cool, by the way, about Daughter of the Moon Goddess, is that there are just some beautiful descriptions of settings in that mm -hmm. book. Um, mm -hmm. I did appreciate that a lot about the writing style. And I didn't know until recently that a lot of people don't visualize what they read. Mm. It was a, a new concept to me. And it, apparently there's something called a fantasia where people really literally can't like it's a condition where they just can't visualize what they read. So you were mentioning that it was like a movie to read this book, Steve. So do you visualize what you read? I do. Yeah, I try to. That's yeah. why when in fantasy, especially when the, when the clothing or the appearance of people aren't described, it's almost like a blank canvas for me. Like I need a little bit of a description, what they're wearing or armor or some, something, just give me something. Otherwise it's hard for me to visualize what they look like if I don't know, or I, of course I fill in the blanks, but it's always nice to have a little bit. So I've, I've, that's something I've noticed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I definitely visualize as well. Yeah. I've, I've heard that there are people that can't, but I can't, that concept is so foreign to me because I always have seen it in my head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I can't. <laughs> Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, and and I've been thinking maybe I I have the aphantasia, I think they call mm -hmm. it. I don't know. If if people tell me now to visualize an apple, I can think about it and I can it, it's like at the corner of my mind, but I can't yeah. really see it, but I don't know how other people see that. So maybe mm -hmm. you also see it like that, but if you really vividly see an apple, I I can't. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. while I'm reading, maybe that's also why I read a little bit quicker how they look i i don't really care like i can't tell you at the end of a book if they have blonde hair or dark hair or what they've been wearing i i, I can't really picture that in my head in the end when i finish the book and when i i'm thinking about it that i'm really actively trying i can do it but not while i'm reading maybe yeah. if, if i would do that i would read a lot slower probably I, you know, it's interesting because it does slow me. I think it does slow me down a little bit when I'm reading and visualizing, but I do know people who can read very fast and still visualize like my mother. My mother can read super fast and she is very, very visual. Even with audiobooks, she lives, she reads um, physically and listens to audiobooks um, separately, but she, she is able to visualize anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Derry had a comment, being emotionally tired doesn't help. As adults, we have far more demands on our emotional bank balance, and you need to then, and, and you need that to read. So yeah, yeah. You know, reading is an active hobby. You know, I don't think we mm -hmm. really think of it that way because we're so used to it. But mm -hmm. it's actively doing something rather than passively taking something in. So when people say, "I don't feel like I can read today. I'm going to watch a movie." That's a very different activity. You know, there's a reason why we feel capable of one and not the other at certain times. So I think, you know, extending to yourself the grace to not be able to do that active hobby at the moment, <laughs> you know, it, like, I love that. we'll take, we'll take breaks from the gym, right? Because mm -hmm. that's physically active. So sometimes you just need to take a mental break, <laughs> you know? That's wonderful. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I don't think we really are very gentle with ourselves in that regard. And that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I never yeah. thought of it that way. Just like not going to the gym because you're sore or you're just not feeling it. It's the same thing with other activities too. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Hannah would like to know what what, uh, what we're reading right now. So what is everyone reading? Oh, too many things. Uh, so uh, I'm, oh, Assassin's Quest. I am uh, reading for the first Law Trilogy. I'm, it's too far up there for me to get it right now. So I, yes, Yolene's like, oh, uh, I'm, I think, 40% into the blade itself at the moment. So I'm reading that. I'm reading two uh, Spiffbo books right now. So I'll keep those under wraps at the moment. But I'm reading two Spiffbo books. Uh, audio last night, I just finished uh, The Stars and the Blackness Between Them, which was a really beautiful audiobook. I'm going to write a review for that hopefully today. And then uh, my new audiobook that I'm starting today, which I'm so hyped for, is Speaking Bones by Ken Liu. And I'm just, it's oh. going to wreck me. It's going to wreck me. Oh, I'm <laughs> but so I'm ready. Oh my gosh. I want to read X Curry so badly. <laughs> please, please, please do. I'm going to uh, scream oh about it, you know, yeah. to wow. everyone who will listen. <laughs> but And I have seen, I, I did see on your TBR video about the darkness in between the stars. Is that what it's called? The stars and the blackness between them. Thank yeah, you. yeah. It's a long, it's a long title. Yeah, but, I've heard of that uh, book before, though. It looks like a really good book. It is. It's beautifully written. Well, so a bit of a spoiler for the review, but um, beautifully written, and you know, it's a very touching story. The only thing is, is uh, one of the characters is from Trinidad, and I have a friend who is actually from that culture, and she said that the representation is not good. Oh, no. In that book. So the author, I believe, is American. Don't quote me on that, but not from Trinidad. Uh, maybe family members are. And so it. my friend said it, it reads as what someone might romanticize Trinidad to be. Uh, mm -hmm. And that the language used is word salad. Like it's what someone might think someone from Trinidad sounds like. Uh, so knowing that is definitely hampering you know, my enjoyment of the story in, in that sense, but the skill of the author and the story that was told was beautiful and the descriptions, um, very poetic and lyrical. So I don't want to, you know, say that the author doesn't have skill. They clearly do. So I think balancing those two things is interesting in my head right now, but definitely worth the time, you know? Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What are you reading? I am. <laughs> this book has been on my shelf for a while, and I just decided to pick it up. Um, so I'm reading Negative Space by B.R. Oh. Yeager, and this book is creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way? It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's just, it's it's different. Um, I was, I've been reading that, and uh, My Heart is a Chainsaw, and I've been oh, listening to okay. A Drone Kingdom. I'm almost done with that one. Oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah, what are you what are you thinking of oh sorry john i didn't mean to no, cut you no, off. go ahead i was just responding yeah yeah what do you think of um, my hair is a chainsaw because i read that before what are you thinking of that so far it's okay <laughs> yeah it's okay <laughs> that sums up that sums up some yeah. of my feelings um, I'm, not, I'm not too high on it actually mm -hmm. um i think it's i don't, I don't want to spoil anything but the focus of the book is about a part of cult like a pop culture something i'm trying not to spoil anything but i'm not too big on the certain type of movie that that the book focuses on and just not just not really feeling it it's okay but uh not my favorite 
I feel like it's written for a very specific audience and who it's written for is going to love it. But I'm also not part of that group. Mm -hmm. So when I read it, like when it deep dives into that specific topic, I, I don't get it. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. I felt the same. It's kind of like turn up to like a fan club meeting and you're not in the fan club and you're like, "Uh, I don't know what you guys are talking (laughs) about. That's that's a good way to, it's a good way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Yulene? What are you reading? So um, I've been reading for the last three weeks, uh, Memories of Ice by Steven Erickson, and then also Kashiel's Chosen by Jacqueline Carey. I'm really loving both of them, but progress has been slow. And then um, I think two days ago, I started Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher, Mm. which is an original fairy tale. It's a new one. It's yeah. A dark fairy tale, but I feel like it, it goes a little bit back and forth. Sometimes there are like funny bits and then all of a sudden it turns super dark for one chapter and then it goes back to being more lighthearted and fun. So I don't really know if I, I think that it's intentional and it works in a way, but it's also a little bit weird. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, I saw I saw Elliot Brooks talk about that book. She was gushing about that recently. So. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that once you finish. I, I've actually read another book by her, um, The Raven and the Reindeer, which is a Snow Queen retelling. And mm-hmm. I loved that one. That was a five-star mm-hmm. read, like easy five-star read. And now I have, a, I think it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling by her that I also have on my shelf that I want to read next. Mm-hmm. This was the first original fairy tale that I've read by her that wasn't a retelling. And I, I just think that she has a very digestible writing style. It's it really reads like a fairy tale. Like often you have fairy tale retellings and I love those, but sometimes it loses that type of atmosphere. And here it's it's still very much present. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about you? What are your, what's your current read besides Assassin's Quest? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm reading Assassin's Quest and that's taking primary um, reading time for me right now, but I'm also listening to the audio book very slowly, it's taking me forever, and I feel bad because I keep going through days of not reading it or listening to it. Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. Um, so it's one that Mike from Mike's Book Reviews has talked about. I know Sarah from Sarah Reads loves it. Uh, Baron from Your Brain on Books loves it. Every, everybody who's read this book loves it, and it's really good. It's a historical fiction that takes place in 1964, and it's like that nostalgia of being able to ride your bike until it got dark and nobody cared (laughs) what kids don't have today, the luxury kids don't have today. It's sort of like all the cliches of, you know, the dad who says, back in my day, we used to walk 10 miles in the snow and that kind of thing. Um, But it's really, it's really clever. And it's all in first person from this boy. And even though it's this boy's life and it's a coming of age story, it's very dark and twisted too. And and there's some really interesting themes because you see how he's making meaning out of some weird, strange events that are happening from his perspective as a young boy. And I've heard, I haven't finished it yet, but I've heard that the ending makes people cry. So I guess I'll see what's in store from, for that book. But the audiobook is fantastic. Um, really enjoying it when I do take the time to listen to it. I just, uh, I go through mood reading when it comes, I'm very much a mood reader when it comes to audiobooks, more so than I am with physical books. So sometimes I'm really in an audiobook mood and I will just go on and listen and listen and listen. And then sometimes like lately, I don't know why I'm just like, I just don't feel like listening very often. But then when I do, I really enjoy it. So it's just taking me forever. 
Yeah. For me, audiobooks are how do I usually I go through them quicker than a physical book, even though I think my reading speed is a little faster than the audio speed that I listen to, but you can just do so much more. You know, again, it's more passive than active, right? So I tend to go through audiobooks quicker. Uh, I also, when I ride my bike to work, I usually ride like not where there's a lot of people or cars. So I can just zone in on the, the audiobook as well, which is nice. But for me, I also need to balance that with uh, music. So music is something that I really enjoy. And I find that if I get too into, I need to finish this audiobook, I will prioritize that over music when I would probably enjoy that more. Um, I actually kind of went into that uh, deeper in a video I did last year. Oh my God, last year at this point, later last year, <laughs> um, talking about does booktube culture cause burnout? Oh, because I love that video. Yes. That Thank was a you. Video. Yeah. Good. I wanted to ask you some questions about that too, because yeah, video, yeah. Cause you were in that video. I noticed you, you did that a year ago, right? So your channel mm -hmm. was, uh, yeah. Yeah. So about a year. So I'm going to guess your channel. You just hit the 1K um, milestone. So congratulations, Yay! by the way. Very happy. That. Yay, I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic and well-deserved. And um, I've, been, I've been really curious to ask you, though, do you feel like your perspective on any of those things might have shifted a bit as you've become a bigger channel? And this is something I'd love to hear from Steve and Yolene, too, because I know one of the points you made in that video was about creating for yourself, you know, to make sure that you're doing the videos you want to do rather than just mm -hmm. kind of following the algorithm, which is really important advice, I think, for anybody. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I do wonder, um, I still, you know, if as channels grow bigger, and especially because I know, I know for you, Steve, your channel is now monetized, and mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. same for Yolene, and I don't know if that factors into this or not, if you feel like a, start to feel any sort of responsibility to your audience as you get bigger mm. or yeah, if you just have any different perspectives of that, since you have gotten more feedback and more viewers and more subscribers. Mm. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting question. I think, oh, first I want to say hi, Lana, out loud. Hi, Team hi, Dark Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta throw that out there. We've <laughs> At any chance we get, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think for me, uh, it hasn't changed my perspective per se, uh, but it does add an extra level of worry as to whether engagement will decrease. Whereas before, I don't think I was concerned about that. So, uh, for example, my booktube bartender series, which I love making, and I also have a Japanese uh, folklore, uh, mythology, and a yokai series, which I haven't done an installment in in a couple months, just because those are very time intensive and take a lot of research in both English and Japanese. So I haven't put that out. But I do think that there is a worry in the back of my mind that if I put something like that out, the engagement might decrease. And that's something I think I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. But I do think that there is an extra worry that wasn't there before I got bigger. Um, 
And I also recently put out a, my most recent video is a vlog. And that was the first video I put out after I reached 1K. So I was like, okay, so if all of these people have just joined for book content, and then I'm like, here's a life vlog. <laughs> here's something you didn't sign up for. Uh, you know, I was a little concerned about that. But, you know, I think one thing to keep in mind is we, we do this in our head, you know, but when the vlog came out, it, lots of people really gave me positive feedback on it. So uh, our worries aren't necessarily reality, <laughs> yeah. but I do think there's an extra layer back there. So it's a really good question. Yeah. What about you and Ethan, Yolene? Yolene, oh, what do you think? I think that for me, it hasn't really changed because I was like that from the start. I'm, I'm somebody who's very caught up with numbers and I'm quite competitive, but like, I'm my own competitor almost like I, I like to see how I've been doing and I, I, I always want to make progress. So I always compare myself to what I've been doing last week. And that's not only booktube, it's, it's a little bit with everything in life. So I tried to let go of that. And I was actually very surprised. I saw a conversation with Jimmy and Alan a while back and they were both talking about that. And they said, like, once I start looking at numbers, that's when it stops being fun for me. Yeah. And that's part of the fun for me, like looking at the numbers. But that also means that it has a lot of power over you. Like when it's not doing that well, it's not that fun. And then when it when it is doing well, it's a lot of fun. But sometimes you just need to let that go as well, I think. Um, but it's it's difficult if, if you like statistics. Yeah, absolutely. Really quickly, I just want to say as far as Derry's comment, um, yeah, I've totally avoided <laughs> the audiobooks of the first of the trilogy because I've been told that, but at the same time, I've heard other people say they are good. I don't know. I am avoiding those though. Um, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. That's a really interesting question. Um, I've been thinking about this too. It's funny. It's funny you ask because I've been giving this some thought. Um, I think it's, it's funny because it's funny you mentioned Jimmy because when I was on chatting with Nets, again, thanks Jimmy for inviting me. But he, we, after we went off, he, we, I kind of talked to him and picked his brain a little bit on content, and he just told me like, just have fun, just do what you want to do, and just have, just you know, make good stuff, but just have fun with it. And uh, and now I've kind of gotten to the point where, before I was worried, I was more concerned about numbers and who's, you know, kind of like what kind of content it's going to be, and I didn't worry too much because I do a lot of indie stuff. But I think now it's just kind of I make what I'm excited about. And when people stop watching, then I'll take my ball and go home. So hopefully people keep watching. Um, and it, a big part of it, though, is just the, the friends I make, like doing things like this or the Avengers or the, all the buddy reads we have. And so um, that's really what I what I enjoy doing. And hopefully people enjoy it. But that's kind of like my thing. So you know, if that means that I don't have as many subs as someone else, then that's cool. I'm just going to do my thing and have because I'm not going to make content that I'm not excited about. I'm going to make content that stuff about what I want to discuss and and uh you know and do and have fun with not just for numbers sake so yeah i think people can can feel if you care as well you know they can they can tell <laughs> if yeah. you're making content you care about or content that you don't um i think you know putting what i was saying putting out something that you're not sure someone's gonna like that I think is a bit nerve wracking, but yeah. I can't imagine, not can't imagine, but I can't make myself make content I don't care about. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I don't think I've never, I've never really done that because the, the amount of, we can all 
you know, talk about the amount of time it takes to plan, to, to, you know, film, to edit, to upload. It's just, if it's not content that you care about, that's a lot, that's a big ask, yeah. you know, to do um, that. Yolita and I talk about this sometimes about, um, you know, like YouTube, they have those like some channels on YouTube, like the helps help, kind of like tips with the channel, like algorithms and things like that. But I think, um, I'm, I'm those things that I really enjoy doing, but nobody really watched. So I stopped doing it because I'm not going to spend the time on it if nobody really cares. Even though I enjoyed it, um, I'll I'll do I'll try something else or do something different. But at the same time, so you you want to be smart with the with the content you make and when you release it and things like that. But still do what you're excited about. So, but mm -hmm. just be a little bit smarter about it, I guess, is the thing. Is spread things out a little bit better, or uh, you know, know which days are you know people that watch your channel tend to watch or what times a day or things like that. So. There's a, a line between being smart and doing things to be still to be successful versus, you know, taking it too seriously and driving yourself crazy because you can drive yourself crazy yeah. if you look at the algorithm. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's such a good. Oh yeah. One. Well, and I that's like right. that idea too of not taking yourself too seriously because you know yeah. this, this shouldn't have to be such a weighty yeah. hobby. <laughs> right, right. You know? It's important to remember it is a hobby. I'm really glad you used that word, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, because mm -hmm. I think it's important for everyone to remember. For the majority of BookTube, it's a hobby, right? Most yeah. people are not going to be able to make a career yeah. out of this. Yeah. <laughs> so True. Also, yeah, I know the comment just disappeared, but I'm glad I'm not alone on Assassin's Quest. Yeah. yeah. Or in, ge in general, just the feeling of Robin Hobb. I'm glad I'm not in a, in a void. Yeah, <laughs> you're not. Definitely not. <laughs> and uh and as far as your vlogs are concerned yeah i think that's been an interesting thing to me is um one thing i know that i started doing kind of like a mid-month check-in thing and i know that yolene you're doing a weekly check-in thing and add, you've been adding in some things happening in your life and i've really enjoyed that content personally and i love that you do that too steve you always add in what's happening in your life and your updates and so Taylor, as far as your vlogs are concerned, I think that's kind of something it's interesting because I like when I did my mid-month check-in, I added in a few little, they were so small. They were just like about my glasses and about playing Mario with my husband and <laughs> getting Mario music stuck in my head when I read. And they were just stupid little details that I think in the past I would have edited those out. I would have been like, I would have gone into the editing of that video and been like, nobody's going to care about this. I'm taking it out. Mm. I would have done that. In the, I would have done that in the past. And I don't know, that was actually, actually one of my first videos where I intentionally just left in that kind of content. And I was shocked, like how many people were like laughing about the Mario music or saying <laughs> stuff about the glasses or, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, people like this stuff. And I like this stuff. Like I love hearing about creators life and what's going on with them and what they're up to. And, you know, you live in Japan and that's like super cool. Um, so I think like learning about those little life details, the more that we get to know, I've noticed that, that that actually seems not saying to do it to be more successful as a booktuber or to get the numbers going, but if you want to do it and it's fun for you, I think that actually people seem really responsive to it. <laughs> it's kind of been an observation line. No, I agree. Especially, you know, and if, if it's mixed in with other things, people will comment on those personal things rather than the book things yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I see the comments, you know? So that's, that's a good point too, to look at what people are engaging with in the video. Yeah. You know, not just 
how many people watch it, but what are yeah. people saying about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really yeah. good feedback. Like I always thought my vlogs had too much food, but all the comments are like, <laughs> more food, please. You know, so I'm like, okay. I love right. seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the food, yeah. I mean, you know, Hato and I are foodies, so too much of our life revolves around it, to be honest. But <laughs> but it's good to know, you know, to get that feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. But yeah, I was starting to notice that. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm kind of reserved. Sometimes I'm shy about it. And then I thought, but wait a minute, the channels I watch a lot, they tend to be a little more open about things. And I guess it also comes with being more comfortable the more you do it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There was actually a, a tip on one of the channels that I share a lot of on the forum is uh, one of the channels said to in, include things like that because people want to connect with you and feel like they get to know you, not just about a specific topic, but just, and then like the, the Mario music beating stuck in your head, it becomes like an inside joke and people feel <laughs> like they, you know, like they connect with you in that. Yeah. That level. So it's something that people respond to. Yeah, it was really funny. They were like saying, oh, wow, so now we know Mario music doesn't go well with Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was making me laugh, too. And then as far as like uh, creative content, too, because you, you were mentioning that in the video that just I think that's part of it, too, is that a lot of us want to feel creative in what we make and we might have creative ideas. And a lot of times algorithms are about doing the standard uh run-of-the-mill kind of videos that kind of thing but um i personally i know as a viewer i love creative content so like your video for example like book mm-hmm. to burnout like oh i love that kind of stuff i love like topic videos i just instantly click on those um yeah. and i think that's important just to you know honor that creative part of yourself yeah yeah i think those types of videos take more time to make as well. You know, they take more planning and stuff. So that's another factor. Oh, Andrew, yeah. <laughs> what the whiskey did I drink today? So just for context for people who are watching this, <laughs> I have a <laughs> I have a whiskey and books group. Okay, so nice. This is um, this um, comment has context, but Andrew is is part of that group and. Uh, I have not had whiskey yet today, considering it is 7.58 a.m., but last night, um, you know, I'll stay away from political things, but the the news that broke last night, I was not going to imbibe last night, uh, mm-hmm. but then I decided I need a, I need to pour me something, so I had a rare breed, wild turkey rare breed mm. last night, mm. cask strength, so. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know anything about whiskey, but that sounds good. <laughs> Cask strength essentially means like they don't water it down. So you got to be careful with it. It'll hit you like a train. It's a very high <laughs> alcohol content. Um, so that's what I had last night. Got it. I don't yeah. know what you were referring to, Lana, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Isaiah had a comment about, I don't visualize by default, but I can turn it on usually for big set pieces, which is fuzzy at best. What really mm-hmm. sticks out for me are impressions, tone, and atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There seems to be a big spectrum. So that was a video, by the way. Um, do you visualize what you read that video? I was, that's kind of like a book topic video. And I posted that because I just have been fascinated by that topic. And I really didn't expect it to go anywhere. I didn't think many people would watch it. And I was mm. kind of shocked. <laughs> Honestly, it's I on my watch later. I get me I added heard. it immediately when I saw oh, it. Oh, so. cool. Thanks. Yeah. I, but I've been like, yeah. whoa, 
I mean, people were, there were a ton of comments and, and views on that, which is, I'm very flattered. Um, I also feel like, wow, I have a lot to learn because I didn't know, honestly, I didn't know about uh, a Fantasia. So I feel like I almost need to do a response video on people's comments on that, which was really interesting though. Cause yeah, there's, this, there seems to be a spectrum. Um, some people can visualize vividly and then some people they really can't and some people they can a little bit and then the adaptation piece plays a role for some people too. So, but yeah, I, I was really surprised. Um, yeah, thank you, AP. I'm so glad that he watched it because I did get a lot of inspiration from his video too for that. Mm -hmm. uh, yay, we're so happy for you. Awesome. Yeah, I want to say while I'm on here, well, there's a little, a lot of this I want to say thank you, Steve, for having me on this channel so frequently because I do get <laughs> an increase in subscribers often after being on here, which is basically the only reason I'm here. But I think, I think, you, I think, you, I think uh, you're giving me too much credit there, Taylor. It's uh, you make some great stuff, and it was inevitable you're going to be. Yeah, oh, for sure. Up, that. Upward onward, thank so, you. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm super excited. I am going to be doing a, a live like ask me anything kind of thing at some point. So date to be determined, probably next week. So. Uh, Will whiskey be involved? <laughs> that would be it fine. can be, it absolutely can be. The interesting thing is my main readership is on EST, like Eastern Standard Time or like the opposite time of Japan. So if I want people to be able to imbibe with me or or, you know, have a more party feel to it at night, then I have to get up early and, and do that. So it has to be yeah. a day that I can do that because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's flipped. So I just have to pick the right timing. Yeah. So, <laughs> <speak>. <laughs> but I like, I like what Steve was saying. I think you put on Twitter about how like you felt like it was kind of when Taylor got to 1K, it was kind of like a win for everybody, you know, because I feel like yeah, it sort of yeah. feels that way. Like we all yeah. can just feel excited for you and everybody could feel excited for everybody kind of getting to yeah. know milestones. And that's really beautiful about this community. Yeah. I definitely agree. You know, like we're not each other's competition. Like when we all go, no. we all go up together. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. It's like, where else does that happen on YouTube? I don't know that that really happens very often but it's beautiful that it happens here yeah, yeah. like when yulene was close to a thousand i was sitting there with like hitting the refresh button just like waiting for that <laughs> come like, on like, come on one more one more yeah <laughs> and then you said congratulations and i thought like within a minute somebody is going to unsubscribe and it's going to oh. be like nine 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 that's always yeah i can't make content i don't care about too if it doesn't excite me, I physically can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. Uh, I, like says, I like the personal things uh, that you're happy to share being included. It makes the viewer and creator relationship feel closer to a friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's also when you talk about those things is important. So if you're putting a review out that you think people that aren't subscribed to your channel are going to be watching because people just want to know what the book is about, you know, that's, in my opinion, not the time to be like, so yesterday, you know, so it depends on when you put that, that mix in there as well, because in my opinion, the people who want to hear that are, you know, people in the community and your subscribers who follow your life. So mm -hmm. I think balancing that, what video to put it in is also important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's a good point. It's it's also why I like having those weekly updates because even though the amount of views is a little bit lower, the engagement is much higher just mm -hmm. because it's the people who come back every week. So those are actually the, the most fun videos to make just because I, I know who's going to comment on them. And it's, it's fun to look forward to that. That's great. Yes, That's always exactly. Great. Yeah, I know when I started my channel, yay, thank you, EP. Um, I know when I started my channel, I tried really hard to focus more, or I did focus, I think I did focus more on just the comments than the views mm. and people like what people were saying in the comments. And um, I don't know, that was, I, and somebody mentioned that recently about how they, they're more in, interested in the comments than how many subscribers they have or whatever. Um, not to say they don't care about that part, but I think that the quality of comments in your comment section does tell you something about how people are engaging with what you're putting out. And I don't know, I think that kind of adds to the community aspect too, what we're doing too. Yeah, definitely. I think it was actually the last Friday conversation, maybe Steve, where we talked about this, but someone was asking what the advice was. Like if mm -hmm. I want to start a booktube channel, what's your advice? And one of my main points was make sure you take time to sit down and just enjoy and engage with your comments mm -hmm. because that, that will, if, if anything's going to inspire you to continue to make content, it's going to be that level of engagement. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of how I ended up getting it into making a channel sort of, because I've always left like before I started a channel, I always left the longest comments <laughs> <laughs> and then I get so excited if people would comment back. <laughs> Thank and you, I, Lana. By the way, I just want to say kind of joking that I got that. I, I got that from my mother because my mother she sends me text messages sometimes on my videos, and they're like these long, amazing, like long, long mm. <laughs> text <Wow>. messages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she watched the the discussion with Jenny Words, and man, she just had so many wonderful things things to say about Jenny Words. So that was really fun to mm. hear her thoughts. As she read the book that you were reading um, to Hell's Chasm as well? Um, no, she she hasn't read. Well, no, she hasn't read the book, but I did actually send her the first few pages because my mom is uh, very well read. She has a degree in English. And so I love I love to hear her thoughts on prose because she has a lot of insights and she's very eloquent. And so I did give her I did scan the first few pages of to write Hell's Chasm and sent, I emailed them to her and I asked her to for her thoughts on the prose. And she had so many insights about the prose. It was so cool <laughs> just mm. hearing her thoughts on it. And she loved it. Um, but yeah, she's it was so funny. It was like almost like a professional review or something. <laughs> my mom could be a booktuber. I wish I could get my mom on booktube more of it. <laughs> uh, Alicia had a comment. If you want another booktuber's take on not visualizing while they are reading, check out Julie from Pages and Pens. I checked out her video today. Yes, my friend Ola sent me her video on um, on a, a Fantasia, if I'm saying that word right and her perspective on that as both a reader and a writer. And it was absolutely illuminating. It was absolutely illuminating. <laughs> a dinosaur game. And I am intrigued. I need yeah. to know more. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. I guess, I wonder. I, hmm. I've been, um, I started playing years late, but Horizon Zero Dawn, 
And I started playing the game, and that reminds me of dinosaurs because there's like machines that kind of shape like dinosaurs at points in that game. And I was enjoying myself. But then my husband Hyatt was like, oh, that looks interesting. He's almost done with the game. Okay. And I'm and I'm Classic. still in the first like 10% of the game. Now I know the story, you know, because he plays it while I'm in the room. I am upset. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but Lana, it, yeah. exactly. Mm. My husband was into the game Elden Ring, the one that everybody plays. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny because I think on Jimmy's live chat, he was talking about it and people were saying, I, I mentioned in the live chat that my husband was playing it and everybody's like, oh, expect him to be screaming and you're going to get a lot of stressful, <laughs> he's going to be stressed out. And it's so funny because my husband is the most calm person ever. <laughs> so he's playing the game and I just watch him like deep breathing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's so funny. But I could tell it was stressing him out. Like he was just doing all this like relaxation techniques and stuff. <laughs> It's a super similar story in my, in this regard for Horizon Zero Dawn, I was interested in Elden Ring, got it, and then realized I'm not a good enough video game player for this game. Like this game is too hard for me. It's just, yeah. so then I had to take over and uh, yeah, he, he, he's been angry. Often. <laughs> just put it, yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, my husband is amazing at video games. I can't, I'm terrible. We're playing Mario 2 right now. No, Super Mario World from the Super Nintendo, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm, I suck so badly. He's so good and I'm just so, so, so bad. <laughs> it's, um, that also connects again to the last Friday conversation we, we talked about normalizing being okay at not being good at something. Oh, yeah. I'm enjoying it anyway. Like, that's video games for me. I'm not good at them, but I like them. So, yeah. 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 I'll never be as good as my husband, but it's kind of funny because it's more more him pep talking me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yulene, do you have time to play video games? You have a lot going on. I just started one, which is not probably not the best decision that I've ever made, but I started Path of Exile mainly mm. because it's for free. So I, I like the RPG games like Baldur's Gate or Diablo, something like that. And I was looking on YouTube games like Diablo and they said Path of Exile and it was for free. So I thought, why not give it a try? But I am um, saving up for a gaming PC because now I'm using my husband's, but He's a big gamer as well. So mm-hmm. I need to see when, when he leaves, I, I quickly come and like play for half an hour. Um, so it's it's going up and down. But f- for now, I, I think that I will have some time to play this weekend. But it's difficult because when you start playing a video game, you want to at least like play every couple of days and not wait a week and get out of it, especially because I'm not the best at these types of things. So I need to train myself. So mm. I... I hope that I can get my gaming PC quite quickly, but there's a problem with chips and all of that stuff. So it will take a while. Yeah. So how is your husband um, also a fantasy reader? Oh, no. (laughs) He doesn't read at all. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. He he likes (laughs) that I buy books because he says that he likes how they look in the living room, but he, he doesn't read. 
Oh. We love that kind of support. I don't think I've heard the words. I love that you buy books. I don't think I've heard that. No. Ever. My husband's <laughs> like, you need to get rid of more books. <laughs> I'm already like the biggest book minimalist, I feel like, on book two. My husband's like, you need to get rid of more books. <laughs> well, he, he has told me recently that now it's enough because he keeps adding like more shelves when I ask him. But the, the walls are just completely filled. So I, I need to either stop or find a different room and continue the collection there. Hmm. I wonder if, uh, do you do you all get more, more excited when you play online gaming or when you play by yourself? Does it make a difference? Do you get more worked up when you are playing an online game with other people and they're, they're beating you or do, does it make any difference? I don't do online because I know no. I'm going to lose. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm too competitive for that. I'm like, mm. <laughs> so it's a good question, but I've never really jumped into the online world. I don't really do online gaming. Yeah. What about uh, you, Steve? Do you? Well, I just had a funny, this reminded me of a story that uh, I used to, way back, way back, I used to live with my cousin and we would play Counter-Strike a lot. And we would talk a bunch of trash, nothing crazy, but we would, you know, just having fun. And um, there was one person who we were going back and forth with one day and we were kind of, you know, exchanging insults or whatever. Coming to find out this person lived here and where I live, and he, he's like, hey, if you want to meet up and go, like, have a beer and hang out? I thought, this guy's going to, like, you know, who knows what, he's going to probably beat me a person because of the trash talk. Anyway, it turns out that we ended up being really good friends, and we met, you know, met his wife and his family, and we ended up being friends for a long time, so just a little Oh, it has a happy there. ending. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, so, and we were like, we got a good laugh about it because, you know, we we were talking trash, but it was all, it was all good fun. And then mm-hmm. they brought their computers over, and we had a big party, and playing counter-strike which is really really geeky but you know it's what we did so <laughs> you're talking to people who make booktube content like you're yeah. you're good i, should, I need to know yeah. my audience yeah <laughs> also roller coaster tycoon that brings me back to when i had dial up <laughs> you know playing that game you're old enough that to remember it. dial up oh my goodness <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah getting yelled at you know i need to use the phone oh my god yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that sound i'll never forget it (laughs) those are the days yeah (laughs) and ap is uh really what my wife is playing and i'm offering totally helpful advice (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to get her perspective on that i know (laughs) i love that Backseat playing, that's what I call that, mm-hmm. instead of backseat driving. We have another book minimalist here, Derry. I took my physical book mm. count to 13. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, same, same timing. Look at that. <laughs> uh, speaking of unhauling books, how do you all, if you want to unhaul books, what do you do with them? I, I still don't know. I, yeah. I just unhauled a bunch of them, but I can't sell them because they're in English and they're fantasy. So the market is pretty small. I try to give them to like, I I don't know how to say this in English, but old people homes, Mm -hmm. but they were like, well, they don't speak English. So we don't want them. Why why do we want these? Same exact problem here. I, Mm. I, I don't know what to do with them. The market is like non-existent. I did have a really good experience where a viewer of mine reached out and asked if I wanted to trade. So the viewer actually is an English speaker in Japan. So reached out and we did like a 
a trade, I gave them the Poppy War, and then they gave me, uh, this is, I can reach this one, look at that. Um, a Conspiracy of Truths. I've never heard of this before, but it was pretty. So I said, all right, why don't we just do a trade? Um, very excited to have this, to try at some point. But that was a positive outcome. Nice, but yeah. other than that, selling, not yeah. even an option. You know, I just have to try to find someone who will take it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. We think it's okay to unhaul books. Do you? How do you all feel about unhauling books that were gifted to you? Hmm. I keep them. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one. If you do, if if it is unhauled, I would never put that in a video. I don't think. No, <laughs> you oh, know. No. Yeah, no, but, I would never do that. Like, I've seen people do that, and I'm like, oh. Okay. Somebody did that to a book I gifted. Oh, wow. <laughs> they didn't oh, like it and they unhauled it on a video and I thought they didn't mention that I gifted it to them, but yeah. which was fine. I wasn't offended at all, but I just kind of, but it did make me think, I don't think I want to give people books anymore unless I know they're going to enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel, I did, I did feel sad that I, uh, if they felt pressured to read it or continue it mm -hmm. or whatever if they didn't like it but mm -hmm. i'm sure that happens hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. If, if a book is gifted i'll keep it just because it is that connection that it was gifted to me so i'll still keep it yeah yeah i feel but, too guilty i honestly feel too guilty and i haven't done it yet i might someday but i just feel too guilty right now yeah it's yeah. that's a tough one what about you uh, johanna how do you get how do you do you ever unhaul books and when you do what do you do with them um so Yes, I unhaul books. Uh, when I, I moved into this house last year, and so I got rid of more books. I still have a few books I might get rid of on my shelf. Um, and Goodwill, we just give everything a Goodwill. <laughs> I guess I have a donation. There is a donation area in my library, too. So you can always do that, too. But hmm. it's usually Goodwill. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Eric it's kind of possible. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, Erica just asks if. Uh, if they figured out how to put a bookshelf on a ceiling yet. <laughs> would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Really would be, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Taylor. Go ahead. Uh, what was I going to say? Hold on. Uh, yeah, ah. <laughs> so not being able to unhaul has its frustrations, but I think I, I also talked about this in, like, my book buying habits video where I said, like, it makes me more conscious of what I buy. It really makes me think a lot before I purchase something. Um, so when I did an unhaul, it was very small because I find the amount of books I buy has decreased, but the expensiveness of each book has increased. <laughs> so I won't buy just a random physical version of a book. I'll get it you know, via ebook or audiobook first. But if a special edition of a book comes out, I'm not just take my money, you know, so it's it's really mm -hmm. kind of balancing out money wise, I think, but the quantity has very much decreased because mm -hmm. I don't like having excess stuff. So I only want stuff that I want to keep really. So mm -hmm. it's had a, it's had a big effect on how I shop. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I tried yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tried. 
the beginning of this year, at first I was like, I'm going to be on a book buying ban. And then I changed it up a little bit that by the end of this year, I, I, I counted the amount of unread books that I had started this year. And at the end of this year, it needs to be like at least five lower. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, I like buying books too much, but I, I, I do feel that I've been smarter. I, I haven't mm -hmm. bought like entire trilogies before reading the first one. And the ones mm. that I have bought, I, I know that I'm going to like. So at least there's that. But Yeah. I, I don't like buying books, honestly. Because mm. uh, I, I don't like spending money and I'm, I'm cheap. <laughs> but if I do, and, and then if I do buy books, I do want the nicer editions. So I'm kind of hard to please that way. Um, mm. And I know like, like when I got that Johnny Words book, uh, I got that at that, the ICFA conference in Florida. And I got a really good deal on it. And, <laughs> um, but it was funny because I was there with Alan and Philip and Alan is just picking out like tons and tons of books. And I know <laughs> Philip showed me around, like, look at all these books. There were tons and tons of books. And I was like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> one book. Um, and that was fortunate, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, so I, and I know a lot of people, they love new books and that kind of thing. But I love the library too. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't used it as much lately, though. I used to use it a lot more, but it, it would make me make me very excited, even with new releases. If I got a new book from the library and it was a new release, it'd be in good condition. It'd be a hardback, and I could appreciate it and look at it and enjoy it and read it, and then give it back and be like, okay, I had my experience with it, and I'm good. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I know that's so weird. No, that's true. But I, no, but I, think, no, I think what it was, was I'd also feel like I'm enjoying the experience of this brand new book without paying any money for it. And so there was part <laughs> mm -hmm. of me that would feel like I'm winning. I get to read this <laughs> and I'm enjoying this and I'm putting this in my house for a while and I'm not paying anything. I don't know. There was mm -hmm. something gratifying about that for a while. Yeah, libraries are great. You know, before I moved, I made sure I had my American library card, you know, signed up for Libby and everything that has been an absolute lifesaver. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know what I would do without Libby. Libby's um, the best. Libby's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, and uh, that's been, that and Scribd have allowed me to have the buying habits that I do have because I can kind of, you know, experience the book and then see if I want to uh, have it for my shelves. So yeah, I think, I say I've been better at buying things, but there are things I've sent to the States. So uh, shipping is insane to mm. Japan. So unless it's uh, universal international shipping, I'm very lucky that my parents are like, yeah, we'll, we'll put it in your book closet, you know, for, for later. <laughs> yeah. so, so when I do uh, visit the States, there's going to be, I'm going to be faced with, you know, two and a half years of shopping and sending it there. <laughs> but yeah. are you, are you living in Japan uh, like on a six month sort of thing or is it? No, 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 no. I, I moved here five and a half years ago now. So, so I've been wow. here for a while, but my husband and I, Hato and I, we have a dream of opening a Japanese restaurant uh, in the States in the future. So he's a chef. So uh what we the type of restaurant we want to open 
it won't it will be successful here but the market is oversaturated for the type of food that we want to sell uh in japan but in the states the type of food we want to sell has not become it's a new market so it would make a lot more sense to open in the states so we plan at some point to do that uh we were planning to move before the panini yeah so that just pushed absolutely everything back so i have no idea timing of anything anymore but uh there may be a move to the states in the future although the state seems to be losing its mind its mind right now but (laughs) i love japan i did get to visit before things happened and it was just one of the best experiences ever and my husband's been a couple of times he loves japanese culture and everything um Mm -hmm. we under he told me that tourism is shut down in japan because of that or it has been for a while and it's still oh yeah yeah it's very strict they have just started to open up a little bit which i don't know the thought process behind this but they've opened up for small groups of people Hmm. but individual travel is not allowed so i maybe if you're affiliated with a company it's easier to track where people go uh, no. You know, if they if you have an itinerary or something like that, whereas if you let in just individual tourists, yeah. you can't really track where they are. So they're starting to open up a little bit, but they will allow re-entry. So they'll allow someone who lives here to leave and come back. Right. But mm-hmm. people actually coming in on a tourist visa, they're not having that yet. They're real slow at opening up. That makes me kind of emotional because I just, I'm so grateful now that I had that experience (laughs) a few years ago because it was just incredible. I just, ah, one of the best experiences ever. Um, Hope to experience it again. It's a great place to travel for sure. People say it's safe and it it really is safe to travel here. Like people, (laughs) my American self lost my mind when I first moved here because people will go to Starbucks. They will leave their wallet and their mm-hmm. their laptop, their MacBook on the table yeah. to save their space when they go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. And I was like, that's all, I could steal your entire identity in two seconds with yeah. what you've left out and open and no one will ever touch it. Yeah. Um, if you lose your wallet, you're gonna get that back. Like you're gonna get it back and the money's gonna be in it still. I think it's- I saw that. Where in Japan are you? Are you in? I'm in Fukuoka. Fukuoka. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's very the two things that are not safe in Fukuoka is your umbrella and your bicycle. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if it's wow. rainy, if it's rainy and someone forgets their umbrella, they're taking your umbrella. Oh <laughs> wow. Store. Yeah. Or someone might take your bicycle, but your wallet and all of your technology, it's safe. You're okay. Fine. Cool. So. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. And uh, Derry had a question. Was a book given to you with no more than? It's a book you'll like it, or is it something you really wanted it? Uh, you really wanted at the time and the gift of someone paying attention. For a second, I I have an Amazon wish list, and I know, um, well, it's kind of a long story, but <laughs> uh, I know one book was kind of gifted to me, sort of by mistake, and then another book I liked but maybe didn't love, and so I'm not sure if I want to keep it on my shelf or not. But yeah, Amazon wishlist. I have an Amazon wishlist and I've been like on the fence about posting it (laughs) in my description. Mm -hmm. It's in some of my older descriptions because I'm just like, I don't know if I want people gifting me books or not because I I appreciate it and then I feel guilty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll probably put it back eventually, but 
but I'm I think it's good really to have it there, you know, if someone yeah. should choose. Yeah, you know? I'm just trying to be really careful about what I put on my Amazon wish list because I, yeah, just because I feel so bad if I if I am gifted a book that I don't love, like that just makes mm-hmm. me feel so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to Alicia's comment here, if I can't resell them, I donate them to school libraries in the area. I think I'm going to start doing that. And I also thought about having like a like a giveaway on the channel for all the books I'm. I want to know if you win, then I'll send it. I'll send them to you or something like that. Yeah. Just to, it was so there. fun. One time I, I used to work at an art high school for a couple of years. And one time I was, I just had a bunch of paperback books that I had read. They were kind of vintage books sort of at that point, I think. And so I just brought a bunch of them that I had either already read or I wasn't going to read or whatever. And I brought them to all these teenagers and they just went crazy. They loved it. They all like fun. took all the books and it was so much fun. I just like had the best feeling. It was the greatest feeling because you could see people excited to take the books that you didn't want anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to go visit Yolene and uh, go out to invade over there. Because <laughs> There's not a, a lot going on here, but if you ever want to come and visit, you're welcome. Yeah. I know that Jose is coming in August, but I I don't know. Well, he's visiting friends, so at least there's that. But mm. country-wise, there's not a lot going on here. Oh. You know, that that's completely underrated. The fact that nothing's going on is actually kind of nice. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <You> know? <laughs> Uh, so unfortunately, guys, I got to go for work. So um, yeah, it's rainy day. So I oh, think it's no. going to take a bit longer than usual to get there. So uh, but as always, what a wonderful way to start my weekend. Thank you Yay. for having me. It's been uh, yeah, just to plug um, this weekend, I am going to be hosting page chewing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for trusting me with the title. You know, Steve. <laughs> so I am graced with being able to be a host for Page Chewing. So uh, that episode will be coming out or will go live on Sunday night EST. So Monday yeah. morning JST. So yeah, look, looking forward to that. But have a great day, everyone. Have a great day. Yeah, have a great weekend. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Thanks. Congrats again. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Great stuff, huh? <laughs> and Libby is something that I, I wonder. If there's, I wondered why there's not more videos about that about Libby because I didn't know about it until recently. Oh yeah, I don't know how I found. Well, I know my library just recently got access to Libby like a year or two ago. It was using some older system before that, but it is fantastic mm-hmm. because you can download books through Kindle through Libby. So you can read ebooks that way, and then audiobooks. Obviously, it's oh, it's the best thing ever. Although I'm the worst with it because I'm constantly putting holds on books, and then they come in, and then I'm not ready to read them. So I use the deliver later <laughs> function over and over and over again. <laughs> Terrible. I am very jealous that you two have that, because mm-hmm. um, here, well, I had a friend who used to live in the US because her husband was doing his PhD there and I got to use her Libby account but then she moved back here and she changed her address so now she doesn't have access anymore to Libby so I've lost my account but yeah those were the good days yeah <laughs> oh okay I didn't know you had a wish list Derry okay good to know yeah yeah I, I have a wish list too and I'm just like oh I think I'm gonna put it back but 
I'm just, I don't know. I'm always on the fence. <laughs> yeah, I've gone back and forth with that too. You can always put it there and people can still choose if they that's want to true. do something. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And yeah, of course. It's always a choice no matter what. Yeah, Yuli. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've used your wish list a few times. Yeah, it's it's great because <laughs> as a as as someone who you know like to do things like that, it's it's cool. Just because I wondered like what what do you have? I don't want to buy books that you already have, mm -hmm. so it's nice to have that to say okay, this is what someone wants, and I can send this to them. I know they don't have it; they're not going to have duplicates. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's it's nice in that sense when you want to do something like for a birthday or something. It's nice to or Christmas mm -hmm. or whatever. And by the way, speaking of birthdays, Yuling, your birthday was this week. So happy birthday! birthday. You. <laughs> How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 28. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, so, nice. It's, yeah, I, I'm still like a baby when it comes to my birthday. I, I celebrate it the entire week. It's, it's yeah. the thing that I start oh, looking forward to like five happy months. Happy birthday in month. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's your birthday month. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to introduce the bird week, but my husband wouldn't have it. I was like, every day we go out and we eat something and we, we just have a drink and it's going to be fun. But he said that it was uh, over yeah. the top. Really? Yeah. <laughs> my husband is so not really into celebrating that much. He's a, yeah, I, I, I'm like, what are we going to do for your birthday? He's like, we're going on a trip. We're spending lots of money. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm like more excited because once I have a gift for him, I want to give it. And then he's like, yeah. but it's not my birthday yet. Like, I don't care. Just open it up. So, yeah. and, and the other way around, like a, a month before my birthday, I'm like looking through the house if I can find my gift. So we're like <laughs> exact opposite. You're very, very impatient. Yeah. Yes. That's so funny. I remember when you started your channel too, you were talking about how when I make a video, I just want to post it right then. <laughs> yeah. I'm still that way. <laughs> just post it now. Yeah, and it's it's something that I realized, I think maybe almost a year after I started, that you have to, well, you best wait until the HD version is completely uploaded. I didn't do that. Like once it was oh, done, yeah. I sent it into the world. So now at least I can wait that long. Okay, yeah. I don't know anything. I, I'm barely figuring out the HD thing too. I don't really, I'm so not tech savvy at all. Same. There are still so many questions I have about like, how does book two, how does YouTube work? <laughs> but I just try to best I can, I guess I'm learning still. So. Oh, definitely. And does it, does uh, monetization matter to either of you? Do you, do you care about that at all? About really uh, the content, like we, like we talked about earlier about the content and do you track that monetiz the monetization numbers? Oh, I don't. Uh, either of you. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, I just saw that I have to like fill in tax stuff and I, I don't have to pay taxes yet because I'm a PhD student. So so I, I don't even know if, if I want to continue with it because I don't want to. I, I don't know how to do it because I'm in Belgium and YouTube and US. So it's it's maybe it's even too much hassle for me to go through with it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't really care. Yeah. I guess I need to talk to you too sometime because I actually am not monetized. I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> so I don't know if I am eligible to do that or not, but I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> it's it's really not much. I mean, I think it's, I don't know, a few, like 70 yeah, cents for, yeah. It's not difficult. Yeah. I, I could manage it. So I think that everybody can. 
Got it. Yeah. It's so funny when I started my channel, my husband, it's funny because my husband, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about him too much, no, but <laughs> it's funny because he doesn't watch any of my videos. And if I, if he does, he's just, he, he's, if he does, he yawns because <laughs> it's just not his thing. He doesn't really like listening to people talk on and on about fantasy books. And yet at the same time, he's super supportive. So like the second we meet somebody, he's like, she has a booktube channel. <laughs> really? so super, super loving and supportive of the channel, but he doesn't really watch my videos. But at the same time, he jokes. He's like, oh, he's like, we're going to lift off your salary. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> well, it's actually funny that so with the two of you, everybody knows that you have a channel. I'm sorry. Everybody. Like, like, yeah, like, like people in your in real life know mm -hmm. that you have a channel uh sort of only because of him uh i have not told any of my colleagues i don't want my colleagues to know um <laughs> that's just kind of embarrassing and i don't uh yeah i so nobody really work related or anything like that but um some friends not a lot actually no hardly anybody knows um mostly close friends and family and mostly because of him Otherwise, I, there are some close friends I have that I haven't even told. So, because mm -hmm. I feel awkward about it. I don't know why. But my family knows now and they don't care. So, <laughs> I'm proud over that. Yeah. Uh, really, nobody in my, uh, well, my I, my family didn't know. And then my kids told them about my, told my dad and my mom and some other people. So, the kids. They, yeah, they, they spilled the beans. So, they, uh, they found out about it. Uh, but no, I work. I don't. Uh, they the word has gotten out that I have a, a podcast and they I've been asked a few times about that, but I was like, I just, I don't, I don't answer that question. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to, I don't want to, the worlds will collide. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I almost Same. revealed it one time. Cause I um, have a Facebook friend. I put out the question on Facebook. I said, I, I asked what people thought about the Dune movie soundtrack. Cause I was curious. I was hoping that some music friends would answer. I didn't really get those responses though. But then a friend of mine ended up um, answering with his podcast. I guess he has a fantasy podcast of some sort. And so he said, yes, I loved it. Here's my podcast. And so I almost responded with my video <laughs> discussion with uh, with Philip and Mike and Sarah. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I did listen to his podcast. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> what about you, Yulene? Does your, your uh, work friends or your other friends know? Uh, my husband is the only one who knows. So <laughs> when, yeah. when we um, bought like new lights, I told everybody that it was because he has a new hobby with photography. <laughs> so now he he needs to sound smart when we talk about that, just because it, it, it feels a little bit weird <laughs> at, at, at first. And now it feels even weirder if I need to say like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this for over a year and I haven't told you yet. So it, it's just never going to happen. <laughs> and then one of my colleagues at work, she saw me with with my e-reader and she asked what i was reading and it, it was a fantasy book but i thought like nobody reads fantasy around me so it's going to be fine and she knew it and she was like oh yeah and i and i watch videos on youtube and i i'm now very stressed <laughs> that she's someday just going to find my channel but then i think like okay she's probably looking at all of the bigger channels it's not going to be me or at least i hope so but yeah yeah I, i'm still dreading going into work and her telling me that she saw one of my videos 
Isn't yeah. that funny? Isn't that funny how we, we're okay with strangers on the internet, but we're not okay with people we Isn't see? Isn't that anymore? weird? That is so weird. And it's so funny too, because I used to say, I used to say all the time that I, and this was of course many years ago um, now, but I used to say that I would not consider somebody, I would never consider somebody a friend who I met online until I met them face to face. I used to say that. And I totally have a different <laughs> perception of connection and friendship than I did those many years ago. And yeah, it's so different now. I wonder if just the technology changing changed your pers uh, perspective on that. Oh, it's can, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, lockdown did too. Yeah. Lockdown definitely changed what, what I considered meaningful connection. I think I, I think when I was younger, I thought I had to have like my life story known to the person in order to feel like a close friend, that kind of thing. And I don't feel that way necessarily anymore. I feel like you can have a meaningful connection, even just telling somebody, hi, how are you? I mean, I know that sounds superficial, but I feel like that can actually be really meaningful to people sometimes. And um that can go a long way. You can actually change somebody's day just by yeah. showing that you have some sort of care or concern about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. I think even just saying hello or just, just, you know, asking how they're doing or something just even in passing make, can make a difference for someone. Yeah. Definitely. And of course there could be different circles of friends, like people that you are a little bit more open about with personal things and that kind of thing. And people that maybe you're, uh, you're less personal about, but that's, that still doesn't um, devalue the meaning of those. Like even what I used to, what I used to consider small interactions, I used to think that those were insignificant, and I totally changed my perception of that. I think because of lockdown, I think that really did make me realize a lot of different things about um, just how far those those little what I considered small connections were. It changed so much, didn't it? That period of time. Yeah, yeah it really did. Uh, Chris mentioned, I have a few students that found my content and would walk into class, plant it on their phones or quote lyrics that I've written in emails. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know Alan's students, they all know he has a channel. Yeah, exactly. That would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> no, Brandy, from the other room, uh, I told my physical therapist about Steve's channel just because she was a reader and we always talked about books during my sessions. <laughs> yeah. And we actually, uh, Brandy actually gifted uh, her a copy of 11 because they oh. talked about it. So she took her a copy of it. I love that book. Yeah. Really good book. Yay. I still need to read it. It's wonderful. It's yeah. Everyone knows I have a channel. Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. They found my tribe that I can be excited with books with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really special for me personally because I know. When I was younger, I always wanted to talk about books. I always wanted to talk about books and reading, but none of my friends and family ever talked about what they were reading, even though they were reading. And so I thought, am I uncool to talk about books? <laughs> so I never did, but I always wanted to. And so it was really special to find a community where we could talk about that. And yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like it's like, you know, there is a feeling of that. I moved to middle in the middle of lockdown, most of my friends that I'm friends with now are uh, through YouTube or reading groups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's great that that's possible. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Alicia, uh, Alicia says, I haven't filmed my first video yet and I'm nervous. And just go for it. You know, you'll, it's scary at first. Normal. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very normal to be nervous at first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And hey, y'all, listen up. So I know you got to meet John in person and I feel yeah. like I just missed that opportunity. I missed an opportunity to do so. I did have the opportunity and I had to pass because uh, my husband and I had just come back in town and were exhausted when he was passing through. But I know you got to meet John. And yeah. so, uh, and John just went around on tour meeting lots and lots of booktubers. So have you met any other booktubers, Steve, in person? Um, I think just John. I think that's the only one I've met. I hope to meet all of you eventually. But Yeah, yeah. that would be fantastic. I know we had talked a little bit about meeting in uh, our little group, like uh, Stacy and Ashley and uh, Yulene. We had talked about going to like to Vegas one, you know, some eventually or <laughs> meeting somewhere, you know, where it's like a easy to get, but I'm not sure if, you know, well, maybe one day we can figure some, or we can go visit uh, Yulene in Belgium, go check it out. Oh yeah, that would be fun. I, I think it would be more exciting if I go to the U.S. so you can show me around a little bit, but. Go to the ICFA conference. I know Alan can't go next year, but hmm. yeah, that was really fun. That was really, really cool to meet those people in, in person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was feeling FOMO pretty bad when I was watching those yeah, videos. Same. Looks like such a good time. It was. It was so fun. <laughs> I just wish it could have lasted longer. It just felt so short, too. And to meet that group, I mean, that's such an amazing group of people. That's, that's so cool. I know. Yeah. I remember when uh, that, that picture came online. And I think that 50% of people were thinking that it was Photoshop. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, man. It wasn't that Photoshop. That can be real. <laughs> it wasn't Photoshopped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Um, I just felt uh, it was a little... It was it kind of it was sad for me because um, I I felt like I was coming in later than everybody else because I guess Alan had come over the night before and met everybody. I met Alan a couple nights before, but everyone Jimmy was already at the conference, EP and Philip and everybody were already at the conference, so they already had time together. So I just kind of came in and met everybody all at once, with the exception of Alan. That's a lot. And I just felt a little starstruck with Steven Erickson, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. I wish I had, I just felt kind of bad because I just thought later on, I thought he probably thinks I'm dumb because I just couldn't like think of what to say. And I, there were so many things I feel like I could have asked him or talked about because that series had such a big impact on me. Mm-hmm. And so to sit next to him at breakfast was really cool. <laughs> cool I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I usually don't get starstruck uh, you know, just doesn't, but when I met some authors at StalkerCon, it was like, it was, it's weird to see them. And even though I've t- talked to them online, it was still strange to see them in person. So I was a little, a little starstruck yeah. with some of them. He was so nice too. Such a sweet, nice person. Um, and everyone else, it felt very natural. It felt very easy and natural to be around everyone. I just felt a little bit like, oh my God, Steven Erickson, <laughs> which is so nerdy. It's so nerdy. Oh man. I, so I would be the exact same, but it's, it's a big group to meet at once. It was. Yeah. But it was so amazing. I do. I do hope to go again in the future. I, I did think that was photoshopped at first because there was just so many people at one time. I was like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty that's good Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. A, the yeah. lighting looks really good and everything. I thought, well, that's pretty good. Yeah. That did <laughs> kind of work out. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. fun. 
And uh, uh, Derry had a comment. We all uh, we all think our first videos are awful. Do you? Are, are we all in agreement that the first few videos are awful? Or oh yeah, not? well mine are bad. I thought about darkening a lot of mine, and I'm just like, no, don't do it. But I do <laughs> want to sometimes. I sometimes want to go back and like unlist a bunch of my videos. <laughs> The thing is, it's like I look back at my old videos and I'm so cheesy and I'm like, and it's bad. But at the same time, I'm like, but I said some good things, too. And I can't I still stand by some of the things I said. I don't know. I get conflicted about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have some reviews early on and I sometimes still like put them in the cards. And then I remember how they looked. Yeah. Like, no, maybe, maybe I should just remove them because it's a little bit awkward to to watch back and to just see that. Well, it's it it's also a good sign, right? That yeah. we look back and think I'm I have improved a lot. Yeah. So I I imagine that if you look back to content of just a year ago, each time you will think I hope that you've improved a little bit. Yeah. But the first twenty videos were extremely awkward yeah yeah same and i but i love what you said because you mentioned that in a recent video you're like i cringed but i hope i continue to cringe because that means i'm yeah. improving <laughs> and i'm like yeah exactly. that's the thing is that i know i'm going to continue to cringe i'm gonna, i'm cringing at videos i did a week or two ago and <laughs> like i and i think that's also why i'm trying to force myself not to enlist videos even though i want to and maybe i will someday i won't say i won't but at the same time i'm such a perfectionist that I, it's almost like an exercise in me not reacting to my perfectionism, like mm -hmm. letting the bad stuff stay there, you know, <laughs> and just being yeah. okay with whatever, you know, whatever, that's where I was. But it just, it also makes me envious of like this class of 2022, because some of these yes. people who are starting channels, they're already starting exactly. with like such high quality um video footage and uh, sound quality and backgrounds and everything how do you do that how are you already so natural it's not fair <laughs> yeah i feel like they need to give me tips on how yeah. to do this because it's so totally, good class of 2022 i am not ashamed if you want to give me some tips <laughs> you have exactly. any advice on my background or sound quality or lighting or whatever i'll take it i really am open to that <laughs> Yeah, there's there some new channels that are just like, wow. Yeah. You know, right, out, right out of the gate. I mean, they're just so, it looks easy. I don't know if it is on there's you know, I don't know if they struggle or they have to edit or what, but it just looks so seamless. I'm so jealous. Uh, I'm so yeah, jealous. <laughs> jealous of everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I just did a shout out video and I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm jealous of all everybody I just shouted out. <laughs> there's so many great channels out there. There um, are, there are, and they're so nice too. Yeah, so nice people. Yeah, they're killing it. Uh, Reddy says, "I love that." Even though I don't have a channel, I made so many great friends through Steve's channel. Everyone yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, um, and it's so cool. Like just how many people are coming into this platform who are very young and so well read and articulate themselves so well and obviously are way better at technology than I am. So <laughs> I thought Photoshop, it was <laughs> yes. put out his little video. Yeah. Well, and then the cosplay pony ride with, uh, with, with AP, you all know that was a real, real photo, right? That wasn't Photoshopped at all. It's in the yeah. best dreams video thumbnail right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
Christmas. Mike's book reviews is massive to many of us. He had a, mentioned he only got recognized for the first time a few weeks ago. Okay. Hmm. He got recognized? Wait, what? He he only got recognized for the first, oh, uh, in person, can, I think. Yeah, in real yeah. life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. The people that we see as like, so, oh my gosh, you have like 70,000 subscribers or whatever. <laughs> that is pretty surprising. Yeah. And uh, Aww, yeah. you're welcome. Thank you for shout starting out, yeah. the channel. Shout outs make so much of a difference. Well, I love shouting out other booktubers. I feel like I'm really good at it. <laughs> I do. I feel like that's one of my strengths. I feel like one of my strengths in life is to build people up. I think that's what I do well as a teacher, too. I'm good at building up people. Um, so I feel like I'm even better at doing that with people than I am with books. But it's fun. I like it. And I, I appreciate I, I don't know. It's something that people have been very generous to me with my channel when I started. And so I'm very happy to... To help out other channels too. Mm -hmm. Aw, thank yeah. you, Gary. Dang, <laughs> that's so sweet. Your child story <laughs> godmother. Uh, Jarrah's Wheel of Time hot takes. Yeah, uh, Yulian has a good hot take video on Wheel of Time too. I haven't read any of them. <laughs> I I wouldn't recommend them, but I, I just but a don't... lot of people love them. So, as I said to Mike, I will never say never, but they just don't call to me and i think i'm a little traumatized honestly after seeing Brittany from books with Brittany read through that series i just she was reading that one and malazan back and forth right yeah that's the that thing time. is like if you're um if you're sort of an empathetic person and you become friends with somebody on booktube and then you see them like struggling through something you just feel it too or if you mm -hmm. see them excited about something you feel it too so it just uh, can be kind of a thing yeah of course and uh, yeah, uh, speaking of Malazan and the the length, I want to thank you, uh, Joanna, for the suggestion to have a like a midway point. Yay! So we're gonna we're gonna yes. start doing that. Yeah. I it's hope it's really helpful. I hope it's helpful. Um, yeah, I I think it could be, especially because there's so much to take in, especially with even even with the prologues. Like you could have a lot to say with the pro. I know you know AP's here, and he has whole videos on the prologues for each of the each of the books. Uh, but I think there could be a lot to say just at the midway point, and I hope that's helpful. Let me know how that goes. I will join you for the second discussion because I'm a little scared of spoiling <laughs> anything. It's been a while. Uh, I will say with House of Chains, I'm really excited to join that discussion, though, because I know that a lot of people do Malazan ranking lists, and they always put House of Chains at the bottom. And I always want to like defend the book. <laughs> I always want to just get defensive about the book because I honestly think that what Steven Erickson does, he makes some very different choices in that book. And mm -hmm. I personally really appreciated what he did. I, I think it's masterful what he did. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely masterful. I can't really talk about it until you two finish it, but <laughs> there's a lot to say about what he did. That's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's incredible. Plus, so you get house... to my favorite characters in the series in that book, too. So. Oh, nice. yeah. Uh, which which Malazan book is your favorite? I don't really have one. I know that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> just fluff. Nothing to see there. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. I know it's a cop-out answer to say none of them. But, I mean, all of them or I can't rank them. 
but really, I've really tried to think about that. And it's really hard for me. Um, I can, the easiest thing I could say is that the end of the series, the crippled God and the way it ended is I'm still riding an emotional wave from mm. that because I really was satisfied with the way it came together for me personally. Um, not to say that I felt like it was perfectly tied up in a bow or anything like that, but it satisfied me. But as far as like ranking the books, the thing is each book is so unique and different. And I think you can already see that from the first three books. And I think anytime you get into a pattern of trying to, and I feel like I learned a lot from AP honestly about this, but anytime you try to force a book to be something you want it to be instead of accepting a book for what it is, mm -hmm. then you're, it's like life. If we want like life to be other than it is right now, instead of really being open to what it is right now, we can miss something. There can be something beautiful and amazing to experience the moment as it is, if you're able to. And I know that's not always easy to do, easier said than done sometimes, but it's like that with the books. If you're able to open to each book as its own unique story and its own unique sort of exploration of themes, it's truly incredible what he does. And so I prefer, I like that. I like that each book has a unique structure and sort of plays on different storylines and works with different characters and different ways of looking at questions and themes and things like that. So it's just hard for me. I, I could tell you what I loved about each book, but they're all different. Hmm. <laughs> How are you enjoying Memories of Ice, Yolene? Well, it's, it's interesting. I'm still really enjoying it. But when I told people that I was starting Memories of Ice, a lot of them told me that it was the easiest one to get through of the entire series. And mm -hmm. I actually had the most difficulty so far. And maybe that's because with, with Gardens of the Moon, I thought this is going to be very difficult. And I went into it expecting like something extremely dense. And while reading it, I was actually relieved, like, oh, th th this is not too bad. I, I know what's going on, like, sort of. And then Death House Gates, there were just some characters that I was immediately invested in. And I think that maybe that's the most character-driven part of Malazan that I've read so far. So it, it was easier to just take in all of the knowledge. And now that uh, Memories of Eyes, I feel like it's, it's a lot of information about the world. Yes. And I need to really, like, keep focused and try to remember it and almost study it just because I, I forget a lot of it. And then we get to a certain name and I need to think like what was happening there exactly and just remember all of the gods and all of that stuff. So I feel like this is the most difficult part that I've come through yeah. in my very short Malazan journey so far. I feel like there's a lot of history and lore in Memories of Ice particularly. Um, I had that experience too, honestly. I felt like I... Just my personal experience was that I didn't really, I don't remember having any huge struggle with Gardens of the Moon. I wouldn't consider it like an easy read or anything, but I don't remember it being that hard to read through. I just enjoyed my experience. I thought I enjoyed the difference of it. And then Dead House Gates was very different. And then Memories of Ice, it did feel like, whoa, there's a lot of information to yeah, take yeah. in as a first time reader. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I love that book because... I was going through a lot personally when I read that book. I was going through a really bad injury that left me in a lot of pain constantly 
when I read that book. So I don't know if that also impacted my experience, honestly, but I found the book incredibly cathartic based on what I was going through emotionally, physically at the time. And honestly, at the, even though there was a lot of detail to take in, I did feel like that was, it was a lot of detail, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. a lot to take in. So I totally validate your experience with that. At the same time, I felt like some of the emotional things that happened in that book really, uh, I mean, I, I know they're going to hit differently for everyone, but they really hit me pretty strongly. I remember feeling as though almost like the feeling you get when you leave a theater and it's the middle of the day and you're in a dark theater for a dark movie and then you come out of a theater and it's like, whoa, it's either it's you're stunned that it, there's daylight or you're stunned that it's suddenly nighttime. That's how I felt coming out of Memories of, oh, sorry, so the third book, Memories of Ice. Yeah, yeah, Memories of Ice. That's how I felt coming out of it. I was like, what did I just come out of? Uh, it was an, it was just, it was, it was like a total change in my state of consciousness. Uh, and I agree with what uh, JR was saying earlier about the Dark Tower. Mm -hmm. I think that that's actually kind of a good comparison in some ways because each that's how a lot of people who love the Dark Tower, and I haven't finished the series, but a lot of people who've read the Dark Tower, they'll say the same thing, that every single book is very different and unique. And a lot of people, they get frustrated when, for example, the fourth book, you have a whole backstory and it diverts in structure and if, but if you can be open to it and be like, okay, this is something different, then uh, it kind of depends on your relationship with that. But <laughs> I know easier said than done. But uh, but yeah, I think that I think it can in some ways be helpful to watch. Sometimes uh, I don't think I watched any non-spoiler reviews for any of the books, but I know AP and Philip have done non-spoiler reviews for each of the books on Philip's channel. So that might be helpful to watch before each book, just to have a sense of, okay, this is what I'm going into, yeah. being, you know, to have context. Because I know that helped me, for example, with the Dark Tower book four, Wizard and Glass. I know a lot of people who read that book for the first time did not like it. They fought with the story and the structure. Honestly, I watched Philip's uh, spoiler-free review on Wizard and Glass before I read the book. And that maybe helped me because it mm -hmm. kind of helped me give them some, get some context before going in. Okay, I can adjust my expectations as this is going to be slightly different than um, previous books. And I think that helps to, you know, I, expectation, man, that makes a big difference in your reading experience. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, Doris says, uh, when, you, when you read a book is, is relevant to your experience as the yes. text itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Timing and expectation, those two things make such a big difference. Yeah, if I had read Memories of Ice at a different time in my life, it might it would have probably been a different book, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I was I was going through a lot of heavy stuff at the time, and that particular book really seemed to match me, which is interesting because at that time in my life, I read a lot of books that did not work for me. I went through one of the hardest time times reading-wise during that time in my life, but for whatever reason that book really hit the right notes at that time. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, she'll, she'll, Jerry also mentions managing the expectations is why I talk so broadly about each section of ROTE. It makes, uh, it makes a difference. I really think that's helpful. You know, I know a lot of people and myself included have been saying, oh, I like to go into books as blind as possible. And there could be merit in that. 
because you're going in without expectations. And I always say that I feel like I was at a service going into Malaz and Book of the Fallen, the first three books, before there was very much content at all on BookTube, especially for the first two books. There was almost nothing. But I kind of have a different ex thought about that now. I kind of think if you go in with somebody like Derry, who really, really, like Derry really gets the heart of the realm of the elderlings and the heart yes. of this world. If you go to somebody who really gets the heart of something and can explain the spoiler-free aspects of it, of what you're going into, I think that that can be incredibly helpful for setting your mindset or adjusting your mindset to being open to the story in the right way. Just like Philip's Wizard and Glass review really helped me uh, open my mind up to that book and have a great experience with it. Um, and so I think that Derry's Realm of the Elderlings videos, by the way, are incredible for that. Yes. And I think Philip and AP, I know that Philip has said that not a lot of people view his videos that are spoiler free, but they are spoiler free on his channel. And mm -hmm. they might be really helpful for getting some of the larger framework and, and, uh, and themes to just keep in mind when you're going into the story. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Yulene, I know it's late for you and don't want to keep you up too late. Yeah. <laughs> Just get it early in the morning for you. But I want to thank, thank you both of you for coming by. Like I said, it's an open door policy. So whenever you want to join, it's uh, just let me know. We'll thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful yeah, talking exactly. to you again. Yeah, any, anytime, yeah, any Friday. It's always great. So thank you for having us and to just arrange all of this because we just have to like click a link and be here. We, we don't have yeah. to do anything. <laughs> Pretty cool. So I, yeah, I, I have to make it as easy as possible for people to talk to me. So <laughs> make it as hassle-free as possible. <laughs> hopefully everyone will show up but yeah. cool everybody hope everyone has a great weekend thanks everyone in the chat for coming by and chatting with us it really makes a huge difference for whenever you come by and just post questions mm -hmm. or ideas or tell us how to get it read out of reading slumps or if you're going to start a new channel uh, you know always want to shout that out or uh, you know offer advice of however we can i don't know but uh, it's always great to connect with everyone so i uh, hope everyone has a great weekend yeah have, have a great, great weekend. weekend bye thanks. bye